Welcome to Canada's most irreverent talk show. This is The Andrew Lawton Show, brought to you by True North. Coming up, Conservative leadership candidate Mark Dalton on firearms, freedom, and vaccine mandates. The Andrew Lawton Show starts right now. Hello and welcome to Canada's Most Irreverent Talk Show. This is The Andrew Lawton Show here on True North. It is fantastic to have you aboard as we head into the weekend and continue our look at Conservative Party of Canada leadership candidates. Now, it all started uh, very soon after Aaron O'Toole's departure with Pierre Polyev announcing he was running. And then we had more and more candidates enter the race, Jean Charest and Leslin Lewis. And we have some outsiders like Joseph Borgel and Bobby Sing, and we've got some lesser known but still very passionate conservative MPs like Scott Aitchison and Mark Dalton, and then Leona Alislev, the former liberal MP, then the conservative deputy leader, now running for the conservative leadership. So there's a lot happening in the race. We're trying to profile the candidates so you can hear from themselves in their own words who they are and what they stand for. And one of those names I just mentioned, Mark Dalton, is the member of parliament out in British Columbia for the riding of Pitt Meadows Maple Ridge, who launched his campaign last week with a very succinct video talking about a couple of big themes. Wanted to get Mark on the show, and he joins me now. Mark, good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on today. Yeah, glad to be here. Now, as far as this race is concerned, there have been a number of candidates in already by the time you threw your hat in the ring. So uh, what was it that made you decide this was something you wanted to do, to seek the leadership of the Conservative Party? Well, to tell you the truth, it's been on my mind for uh, two decades, okay? So this hasn't been something new. Uh, it's been uh, quite a process. I actually considered I considered about uh, the first time when Aaron and Peter McKay and Leslie Lewis ran, but I felt I wanted to get more experience uh, at the federal level and uh, wait till the next time, and that, that is right now. And so I've been a... You know, I've been engaged in politics for a lot of years. I was uh, MLA in British Columbia for two terms for eight years. I first volunteered uh, under Brian Mulroney in 1984 when he when he won that election. But I've been part of the conservative mov movement uh, right since it's been unified in in, two, in 2004 and have run in, in uh, various capacities. And and so it's uh, even when I was a when even when I was in provincial politics, I I maintained my my uh, conservative membership and was engaged. So, yeah, it's important to me. When you looked at the existing candidates and included in that list are, are some people that have very high name recognition, very high profile. What is it you felt you would add and, and offer as an alternative to members that they didn't already have from the existing pool of candidates? Well, you know, every one of us, we're different. You know, we're, we're not uh, just like, oh, this has, this person has a checklist of all, well, you know, he has this policy, that policy, or it's, so we bring different things to the table and I bring something different to the table. My life experience is different. I'm, I am, uh, I'm a grandfather, you know, but you know what? I still got a fire in me. Okay. So it's, and I've got, uh, you know, I've, I've been in the military. I was a pastor. I was uh, you know, a teacher, a public school te a teacher for many years. I've been a, in the Teamsters for, for a decade working as a, uh, you know, blue collar worker. So a lot of life experience. I've lived across Canada. Uh, wasn't like I said, I was in the military myself as a reservist. So broad life experience, didn't come from a wealthy home, know what it means to, uh, you know, to struggle to, to pay, to pay the bills, to raise enough money to re to support your family and, and go forward like that. So, so I, I, you know, we got some a strong field. We do have a strong field out there. 
Uh, it's something I felt I needed to do, and I'm hoping to, during this time, to be able to introduce myself uh, uh, to Canadians and to those who are going to support the Conservatives, and, and hope they'll see in me someone that uh, that works together, that you know has stands on principle, and I do stand on principle. I'm willing to take risks. I'm willing to stand up, but at the same time, what is really important for me is collaboration. I recognize that we need to remain a big tent party. Okay, we can't just say, well, this part is conservative, this part isn't. You know. Uh, I, I really, uh, that's really important. Like I, I am a moderate social conservative. Okay, that's part of my, my, my values. I think that resonates with a lot of millions of Canadians, a lot more than, than even vote for conservatives from the ethnic communities, for, uh, from uh, foreign communities, from uh, new immigrants, from, from right across. I think, and I think a lot of values, you don't even have to be a, you know, per se, a, a, a person of faith. But I think a lot of the things that I represent that are strong, important to me, resonate with ca Canadians in general because it just makes sense. So those are those are those are some of the, the reasons I'll throw out there. I'll get back to the social conservatism sure. aspect because I, yeah. I think that's important. But when you talk about courage and principles, one thing that I found very notable is that in your launch video, it's just a little over two minutes, you said that you would want to, as leader of the Conservatives and as Prime Minister, tackle uh, not just an inquiry into COVID and the government's response to it, but also vaccine injuries. Now, this is something that for a lot of people throws up alarm bells because it, it gets linked into being anti-vaccine, which uh, doesn't apply to you. You are vaccinated. And, and you also support choice in this. But but talking about these issues is something we've not heard from any other Canadian politician. You right? haven't heard it from anybody, you know, not that I know of, from as far as the federal and the and the provincial side of things. Now, let, let me just, before I address that, I've, I launched right away because I only had two minutes, you know, and, and you got to get people's attention right at the beginning. So I, I put that public policy first. I feel that's an important uh uh, policy, an important promise, because it resonates. I mean, the first thing I talked about is, you know, we doubled our debt during this period of time. So I think that Canadians have a right to know well, where, how was the money spent? Was it spent wisely? We put, you know, this is a debt that's going to go on for for generations unless you get a conservative government that can help to rein that in. So that needs to be looked at. The ne next thing I said was, as far as how much of this was on public policy, as or uh, on public on, on health as opposed to political opportunism. And so I'm not quoting just the opposition, I'm quoting people that are in the in the liberal ranks that are saying there is problems here, that this is what, you know, a lot of what we did was, was for that. And even the whole area of, co of coercion, how much is coercion and, and taking away some of the rights, you know, I talk about charter rights. You know, this is, we, we've gone through some real um, erosion of our rights over this past time. And I know that there is in the charter you can you can take away some of these rights for public good, but what about it? And I did bring up uh, uh, vaccine injuries because you know it is a very real thing. I hear, and I'm not just making this up. I have, I have many people that that have contacted me, uh, that have you know medical people. I've that I, I talked to one doctor, doctor going door to door, and he when I was in the last campaign and saying. You, you know, I cannot say the things I've seen, you know, because I, I lose, you know, I'd be delicized, you know, I would lose my license. So those are those are things I've, I've I mean, you don't have time right now for me to give you a few examples, but there are numerous examples. And I think we just need to look at that because there's a lot of concern. 
you know, I have a daughter, for example, okay, that she's uh, in her early 30s. She has a, a toddler at home. Since she's taken the vaccine, she has had nonstop headaches. And she phoned me a, f- a few days ago and saying, Dad, you know, when is it ever going to stop? She was uh, the Her um, neurologist has said that it's probably vaccine related and that uh, it is serious and that not to not to have kids for the time being. So that's one example. I mean, I'll give you another an example of, of a lady that lives in my riding. Her mother had had a was vaccinated, and within 15 minutes had died of anaphylactic shock. So I mean, there are so there's a, I have a, many stories like this. Now again, I'm not saying don't get vaccinated. Okay, do I encourage my wife to get vaccinated? So I'm not saying that. I am saying that we really need to let people you know people are adults. It's their own body. They need to be able to do the research themselves and make the decision. And what is very key is this, and this is from, you know, there was a letter from the uh, Vancouver Coastal Authority to the UBC, because they were gonna basically prevent students from continuing as students. And the Vancouver Coastal Health said this, she said, they said that whether you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, doesn't make the difference whether you're gonna get it. Okay, so you can't be, it's not going to be, it doesn't make a difference of transmitting or of getting it. What it makes a difference is the person is vaccinated, there is the uh, probability that you'll be less, it'll be less, the symptoms will be less. So that's, that's an important factor. The Conservative Party, your party, ha- has gone through a bit of a transformation, obviously, because that's why there's a, a leadership race. And a lot of people, certainly in the last uh, election, did not feel the Conservatives were adequately representing. Uh, a lot of the people that were talking about these things, talking about vaccine mandates, talking about vaccine passports, and, and this was a lot of the frustration we saw in the convoy, which was in Ottawa up until uh, about a month ago. Uh, is this you responding to that, or are these things that you've always uh, tried to advocate for within your party? Yes, I've, I've been advocating for these things for ever since I've been elected. And I'm a person that will uh, speak out. For example, two weeks ago, I sent a letter to the Premier of British Columbia because there were going to be a lot of uh, chiropractors, massage therapists, all these people, professionals, medical professionals, doctors that were going to lose their license. And nobody was speaking up on this. And I said, you know what? I'm hearing from my constituents. I wrote a public letter to the the the, the prime to the Premier and you know, CC'd all the the news outlets got picked up. And even though Bonnie Henry had said at one o'clock, we're not changing. At two o'clock, I sent the letter. That night, they made some changes. They reversed, they made some, uh, you know, they reversed things. So it's like, I'm, I like to think that I, I might have an influence there. So, but I'm willing to step out, even though it is, you know, not necessarily popular. And you're talking about not listening to the base. That's really, I don't think that we were listening. I think we were maybe gutting too much of my polls and, uh, I, you know, we need to listen to the base. I, I met earlier today with uh, the Firearms Association and uh, that's, you know, you know, they're, the Liberals, they will try to make firearm, licensed firearm owners as the boogeyman. When, <laughs> if you look at it, the real problem is the firearm, licensed firearms owner, it is the criminals, but they won't do anything with the criminals. They focus on those that are law-abiding firearms owner. And so we flip-flopped on, on that. And I think that really discouraged a lot of our supporters. We need to be consistent and uh, and strong. And, and so that I will be. 
One thing that I, I find interesting in all of this is that you said in a Canadian press interview, you know, you have an uphill battle ahead of you and, you know, you've got to raise the 300,000 and get yep. the signatures and, and do Mark all that. MarkDalton.com. <laughs> yeah, all right, MarkDalton.com. But at the same time, you've also put forward, and we were just talking about it, some pretty concrete policy here. So if you're not successful at winning the leadership, is this something that you hope the winner of the leadership does take up as a policy? This idea of, of having a really robust COVID inquiry that looks at all the things we we were just discussing? Oh, certainly. I will be continuing to push forward on this. And, other and are, are you in it to win it or are you in it to raise that policy? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I am win it to, to win it, but, I, under, but I'm, I, have, I understand the obstacles. Okay. So that said, quite often the front runners don't win. Okay. So it's, I mean, just look at, you know, both here in the Conservative Party or the Liberal or provincially, it, it, because we have a preferential ballot, it is sometimes a person that's third or fourth can win because of down ballot support. So that's something. And so, yes, I am hopeful, but I know the, I know the polling numbers, but you know what, if I didn't take risks, I'd never be in the position that I'm in right now. I would never got elected in the first place because I, you know, there's too many risks involved. So I, I'm, I am sticking my neck out right here. This is, you know, if you want to call it fate, yeah, it's fate. I'm step, I'm stepping out. And I, it's something I feel that I need to do. I, it's something I would, I feel that if I didn't do it, even if all the obstacles, whether it be organizational or financial, I, I'm a person that will listen to, really listen to my heart in collaboration with other, with wise counsel. And I, I think I would really have regretted this, okay, in the future if I hadn't stepped out. So it's something I got to live with myself. And I, and th that's very much a factor in me stepping out right here and, and knowing that this is something I want to do and I'm putting my name out there. You mentioned firearms. You're not far from Surrey, which I, I spent a bit of time in last year filming a documentary about firearms. And obviously Surrey has uh, a gang problem, which is, is quite significant. And I, I know it ebbs and flows. But I, I would encourage a lot of those in the Liberal government to talk to the people in cities like Surrey and in uh, other areas, including police, who, who have been saying exactly what you've been saying, that law-abiding gun owners are not the problem when you look at gun crime. Yeah, no, exactly. And now I live in the suburb, okay, of Vancouver. So I'm not this. I'm not somebody that lives in a rural part of of, uh, of Canada. That with with uh, even though there are rural areas in my riding, I'm someone in the suburbs, and I think it is important. And it's an important issue. And I think that as conservatives, we can still win the election and hold on to to these policies of of common sense and rights. Because I find that the liberals basically they have some boogeyman topics. They when when Trudeau was was out before the public, what did he do? He said uh, he had this sign showing an AK-47, which has been illegal forever, and a big yeah. slash upon it. And it's funny, I, you're mentioning Surrey. I went to, uh, in Surrey, there was a, uh, there was an airsoft, uh, an airsoft um, firearms uh, uh, location. I talked to, to them, and yeah, okay, maybe it looks scary, but they're pellet guns. And these pellet guns could barely, some, sometimes they wouldn't even knock over this little uh, tin target. So it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's let's be real. And Surrey again, they've had a lot of, of you know, there's been a lot of problems. It's a, you know, it's a growing community. It's going to be British Columbia's largest largest city in the next little while. But uh, you know, facing let's tackle crime. I found I have found this one of the strongest supporters that that I found as far as the I don't know, constituents. Whenever I met somebody that was in the police force, because they saw that they they, they saw so much of what liberal policy is, is just 
smoke and mirrors and puff, and, and it doesn't really impact. So we need to get serious about the, the safety of Canadians and protection about Canadians and, and not having a revolving door of, of accommodation to those that, have, that, that are criminals. Uh, we need to think of victims. We need to think of our communities and safety. It's a big deal. And just lastly, Mark, what is this moderate social conservatism you said defines your approach on these issues? Well, I understand that, you know, I, I am, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. I, I, not, I've been 30 years. It's been a long time since I was. So, you know, obviously I am going to have a, I have a, a pro-life uh, position. You know, I believe that, that life begins at conception. However, you know, that's not where Canada is at. But are there, can we not have conversations? Because right now, Canada is the only Western democracy that doesn't have any, uh, any uh, uh, constraints whatsoever. And I, I think mm -hmm. it's, and part of that's just because it's political discourse. You look at all the other West, Western democracies and say they got some, some uh, boundaries. So, you know, I think, can we not have conversations? Like I voted in favor of, uh, against uh, sex-selected abortions. And I think there's a lot of people that are pro-choice that would say, yeah, you know what, Gen you know, generally aborting a, a, a fetus because it's female, is, is, is the fetus is female, that isn't appropriate. So we can have, can we not have these conversations in Canada? I think we can. And you know what, I disagree with totally. We, what made Canada so um, rich in many ways culturally is that we, we, the whole thing about accepting people from different countries, different faiths, different perspectives, and that's good, that we can be united doesn't mean uniformity and uniformity means what you just have to, you have to believe this you have to follow this it's called the cancel culture let's you know i'm against this whole cancel culture let's let's be able to talk as canadians because the whole way that that the whole way that the uh liberals run is basically on wedge issues on divisiveness or oh, you're a westerner or oh, you're in the you make your money uh, because you're in the resource sector or you're a farmer or you're in the rural canada that is divisive oh you're social conservative oh you know forget that can we not be canadians when i grew up uh I remember, you know, going through elementary school and high school. Canada was, was described as a mosaic, but I, I I get the feeling that that the liberals are taking the different pieces of this mosaic and say, well, this this doesn't belong in the mosaic, and this doesn't belong in the mosaic, and this doesn't. And you know, what are we getting? It's not Canada. And you know, I'll say one last thing here. Well, you may have another question. Our time is far running out. You know, the 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 people that were most con concerned about what's going on were the people I met from Eastern Europe. Those that have been in communist countries and they said, what is going on with Canada? What is going on? What type of prime minister do we have here? Like, this isn't good. It's terrible for Canada. And I've been, you know, if you look at some of my Facebook posts of late, I've been, I've been spoken passionately, but this is not right for Canada. And I'm very disturbed about the NDP liberal coalition because you know what? This means that they're going to drag this out longer. We need a new government. We need it now. And hopefully we'll be yeah. as prime minister. Yeah, diversity is supposed to be our strength, as Trudeau often says, but that never extends to uh, ideological diversity of, yes. of his political opponents. Uh, Mark Dalton, Conservative MP and Conservative Leadership Candidate, thank you so much for your time, Mark. Thank you, Andrew. That'll do it. As I mentioned at the top of the show, going to be talking to all of the leadership candidates, and we have quite a few now. I think we're up to uh, the math that I came up to at the beginning was 10 candidates in the race. So obviously not all of those are going to make it on the ballot, so we're going to keep an eye out on that process. But I'm not trying to get bogged down in the boring stuff, trying to focus on the candidates themselves. So my thanks to Mark Dalton and the series will continue in the next few shows here on The Andrew Lawton Show. With that, I will bid you adieu. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you have a fabulous weekend. This is The Andrew Lawton Show on True North. Thank you, God bless, and good day. Thanks for listening to The Andrew Lawton Show. 
Support the program by donating to True North at www.tnc.news.